Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Joining me as always, the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com, Andrew Malcolm at A.H. Malcolm on Twitter. We don't call it X here. We just call it Twitter. And uh, Twitter.com and uh, redstate.com where he is uh, one of the great VIP columnists. over there's some great stuff he's got going on over there all the time. We're going to talk about his uh, latest VIP work over there. And uh, Talk about, I was going to ask him about uh, Joe Biden, but uh, Andrew said no comment. What was that all about, Andrew? <laughs> I didn't hear you. Oh, <laughs> well, I think, yeah. And I think that yeah, we were talking about this just before we started recording. Actually, I think that's what happened with Joe Biden, too. It was a noisy environment. They were yelling it out across the street. I'm not necessarily ready to pillory the guy for a no comment when I don't think he's comprehending questions in the first place. No, he do- he doesn't. I mean, he's so far gone. He really is. Um, the safest thing, but of course, he's not thinking straight. The safest thing would have been just to wave uh, or hold your hand up by your ear like Bill Clinton used to do. I, it's, uh, But it the way it came down, it's pathetic. You know, I mean, it just fits into the uh, non-compensmentous image of, of him and I mean, the guy is, I don't know how they came up with this empathy thing about Joe Biden. He is the least empathetic man. Uh, remember when he, uh, the the woman, uh, the mother of one of the soldiers who got killed in Afghanistan because Biden screwed up the exit. And she started to tell him in a mourning way uh, how how awful it had been. Right. And of course, it is plainly Biden's fault. And and then he interrupted her and just went on with uh, how his son served in Iraq and came home in a flag draped coffin, which is BS. He didn't. He died in a fancy hospital suite in Houston with brain cancer. And yeah, and this is how you this is how you know he's gone is that he. The, the norms of of telling something that is so blatantly false, it doesn't occur to him that people know. You know I mean, I guess his staff just goes around and they 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 put up with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, we can excuse maybe the no comment, but the the repeated visits to Rehoboth Beach. <laughs> Yeah. When you have a crisis, I mean, I, oh I, yeah, and I I can totally understand how the no comment thing happened. I mean, if you're looking at this, they're yelling at him across. Like I said earlier, they're yelling at him across the street in a noisy environment. This is not a guy who hears particularly well and doesn't, you know, process doesn't process very well. And he, like you said, probably didn't even understand what the question was about and and went to the safety of no comment. Um, if he had heard the question, it would have been just as simple as say, well, our thoughts and our prayers are with the, the victims yeah. and their families and the first responders. And I think that would have come immediately out of his mouth. But the second half of this, which is all of the photo ops now of him yeah. falling asleep on the beach, you know, lounging back in his swim trunks while Hawaii burns, you know, while Lahaina burns, um, that's... I mean, didn't anybody at the White House no. sit around and think maybe this weekend isn't really a good getaway weekend? Maybe we should have a couple of shots of him in, you know, 
taking phone calls from yeah. Daisy Hirono, or as Corinne um, Jean-Pierre said, um, uh, May Hironi, he. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you see the RNC research clip that was going around with that? No, like, I didn't Yeah, <laughs> you know, he passed along his you know messages to Senator Hironi, and and you know he was very pleased about about yeah. that. Uh, it's Hirono and it's a she. Um, and then couldn't get Brian Schatz's name right. <laughs> it was Schwartz, yeah. Schartz. <laughs> it's like, dude, don't talk, you know, don't talk about sharding. Sharding is a bad thing, you know. Um, um, I don't uh, know. Well, you know means, but yeah. Well, uh, if, if it had been a Republican, that would have been all, all over him. Yeah, now, I mean, they give McEnany had said that. I mean, it'd be it'd be leading the news cycle on, on or, all of the cable events. Or or uh, Bush uh, playing golf or Trump playing golf when there was some terrible thing going on around the world. Yeah. Obama, um, remember when the tsunami hit? And so he went and played golf. Uh, and um, I think belatedly issued a, a sympathy message. When the president of Poland was killed in a in a plane crash uh biden or, or obama canceled his trip there and um went and played golf because there was fog over uh over europe uh, and see obama remember when the first general in a generation was killed in afghanistan yeah. Uh, uh, so he sent the defense secretary to Arlington for the funeral, and Obama played golf. But that's okay because he's a Democrat. Um, and now this with Biden, it, the image is just awful. It's yeah. just awful. The optics are terrible. I mean, the optics of this, uh, him falling asleep on the beach and stretched out. And it's like, I mean, those are terrible optics. That's just awful. Yeah. I don't, uh, but you know, this, it shows one of two things. Well, maybe it shows both. One, he's clueless. He doesn't, he's not thinking about anybody else. He's not thinking about how anything looks. He's going on another vacation Friday for a week in, in uh, Nevada. Um, and, uh, or the staff is afraid to tell him or they're clueless. Yeah. I think it's probably they're afraid to tell him. Uh, so you really shouldn't go to the beach. I but actually, he got a, he, he got away with campaigning in the basement, so I suppose he thinks he's immune. Well, I mean, I I think that they're clueless too because it would be very easy to just say, "Hey, Mr. President, maybe you should stick around this weekend." Yeah. You know, and I think if I think if Jill said we're going to stick around this weekend, they'd be sticking around this weekend. Frankly, because I think somebody's running that show, and it ain't Joe Biden. No, uh, and you know there must be a reason. Not for the beach. That's ridiculous. But there must be a reason why he's always going to the house in um, Delaware. I think well, I mean, uh, you know, they, they must pump him with stuff there when he's there. Well, Trump spent a lot of time going. You know, yeah, I know. But he goes to the house. You know, I mean, there's nothing special yeah. about that house. And there's no record, uh, no, no log of, of who who goes to the house. So he goes yeah. to the house. The visitors are unmonitored. You can assume that it's Hunter or some other malefactor. But 
uh, I th I'm sure he'd get some kind of treatment there. It's very possible. Uh, although I think he would probably get, he could, I mean, they could do the same treatment at the white house. I mean, it, the logs get released down the road anyway. So it wouldn't, nothing that nothing would pop up that would be immediately noticeable, but uh, you know, I just think it's, he's checked out. I think yeah. his yeah. entire presidency is him checked out. So, well, he's making millions by doing nothing and, or screwing things up. And uh, he wants to, uh, you know, of course he'd want to keep doing it till uh, 19 or what, till 2029. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no way. There's no, no way. There's no way. I, I think the only thing he's doing is he's, he's working to keep Hunter Biden out of prison. I think that's the only thing that he's got going on right now. And, you know, we've got all sorts of new stuff to talk about there. I mean, you had um, Merrick Garland appoint David Weiss as special counsel and hardly yeah. anybody in the media talked about the fact that you're not supposed to appoint somebody who's a inside the government. Now there's been exceptions made to that. So it's not a hard and fast rule. The law says it's not supposed to be somebody who's employed by the government. But also, this is the very first time that the prosecutor who was working on the case was made a special prosecutor rather than pick somebody who hasn't been in the case and who starts off fresh. Right. right. And the media has hardly even said anything about that, right? I mean, yeah. the media is like, oh, this proves it's on the up and up. It's like, no, no, it actually suggests the opposite. These guys so, are to cover this up. They're so in the tank. Soon, if you should check your hot tub, see if they're in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a. Uh, I've got uh, who the hell's in charge of CNN now? It's not Chris Licht, he got fired, right? Yeah, um, I some guy, yeah, some guy, right. just some guy, yeah, CNN, MSNBC. Yeah. <sighs> What's the difference? Yeah, <laughs> there is that too. Um, I mean, it's so interesting to me to watch this right and I, I had a headline item sometime earlier today and i forget what it was but uh it had to do with um it had to do with the media and it was something to the effect of um running interference for the elites i forget what it was i wish i could remember yeah. it just, it's not coming to me at the, at the moment but um but to me, you know, it used to be comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, which is still a lousy model for journalism, I would argue. Yeah. It really should be about report the facts and let everybody else decide what's, you know, yeah. who to yeah. afflict. And, uh, and, and you're, when you see that those White House correspondence dinners, and they're so in the tank with the people they cover, uh, you know, they all went to the same Northeastern schools. They all were in the same fraternity or the same chatter club or whatever they call them um the same prep schools in new york city uh and it's just the the reporters have become part of the establishment and so they are explaining what the establishment wants them to explain instead right. of instead of questioning them and the media has constitutionally protected rights special ones that they're the only ones that have them and they're falling down on the on the watchdog role they just they're just not doing it not doing it all it's too they're too comfortable and uh they've been bought uh and uh 
I understand presidents trying to buy them, remembering the reporter's name, signaling them out in a, in a crowd, uh, praising them or whatever, giving them exclusive interviews. But uh, it was working, unfortunately. So I'll give you another example of this, right? And this is, this was probably subtle and a lot of people may have missed this. But the New York Times had a had an article up today. And so it's it's foreign war correspondent stuff, which they tend to do pretty well. You know, the New York Times does that pretty well usually. And this they, they do here to, to they do here on the surface, but I'm just gonna read this to you um, because I think you'd find it interesting. Our only expectation is to be martyred, Mr. Tahir says in a video of him en route to Pakistan that was viewed by the New York Times. About a month later, he was killed by Pakistani security forces, his relatives said. As a generation of fighters raised in war now finds itself stuck in a country at peace, as Afghanistan. Hundreds of young Taliban soldiers have crossed illegally into Pakistan to battle alongside an insurgent group, according to Taliban members, local leaders, and security analysts. Like Mr. Tahir, many say they are determined to continue waging jihad wherever in the world it takes them. Now, <laughs> I raise this because there isn't a single mention of how this contradicts pretty much everything that Joe Biden claimed while he was bugging out of Afghanistan. And for that matter, just to yeah. be fair, at least a portion of what Donald Trump was claiming, which was that, well, once we're out of there, these guys are going to be too busy, you know, building a country to, yeah. Yeah. to do this. No, these guys are... This is exactly what happened, was it 30 years ago, 30-something years ago, when the Taliban first came to power um, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, as they took over Afghanistan and then got bored and decided that they were going to participate in jihad all over the world, using al-Qaeda as their partner at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so they're reporting on this, and you know, it's, it's a decent report for what it is, but nobody's connecting dots here. You know, these guys wouldn't be in power <laughs> if yeah. it wasn't for the fact that the United States bugged out of Afghanistan um, and left the the allied government in cop holding the bag. Yeah, and they bugged out in such a way that the army just completely melted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and wasn't it back in the 80s when the Soviets were there that we uh we were actually helping the Mujahideen give trouble well, to Rutna. We were helping the Mujahideen, mostly the northern tribes. Um, we weren't doing, I think we were not doing a whole lot with the Pashtuns, but the Pashtuns were better organized and they were getting assistance from Pakistan. So, and to, to so some it's coming extent, back to it's coming back to bite Pakistan. <laughs> it always is. Yeah. It always is. You know, there's did you ever see the movie Charlie Wilson's War? I don't think so. With Tom Hanks. It's a good movie. I would hesitate to take any of the, you know, historical facts as as established on record just because I know how Hollywood handles historical facts. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it kind of got the broad strokes correct, which was that um, Pakistan insisted on the U.S. going through Pakistan to deliver the aid, the military aid. And, you know, they were trying to do they were trying to buy, you know, um, Secondhand Soviet munitions, so that it couldn't be traced back to the United States. You know, all these weapons couldn't be traced back to the United States. Pakistan wanted to to manage that through the ISI, right? And 
they were doing it through the Pashtuns. Now we had our own contacts with the, what we called at the time, the Northern Alliance, which were the non-Pashtun tribes that are more in the north of Afghanistan, at least used to be. Um, uh, the Uzbeks, you know, the Taziks, um, uh, and some of the other more minority tribes in that region. But our aid flowed to all of them. And as soon as the Soviets got out, Pakistan continued supporting the Pashtuns, which were the Taliban, because the Taliban was their proxy in Kashmir, <laughs> right? They were fighting India in Kashmir, and they were using the Taliban and, and, and associated groups. Uh, I think, um, I forget the name of the group now that um, um, that uh, ended up forming up after that. But um, at the time, the Taliban was at least, sent, the Pashtuns were sending fighters into into Kashmir, so that they were Pakistan's allies, and that's the reason why the, 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 the reason why the Pashtuns ended up taking control of Afghanistan after the Soviets left, and the other tribes formed the Northern Alliance, yeah. which you know was were our allies when we finally did declare war in Afghanistan, or I don't know if we ever got around to declaring war, the authorization to use military force, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean. Well, and you know, Biden has Biden has sent billions to Afghanistan since the Taliban returned. Yeah, two or three. And, he, and, and he's and he's stonewalled the inspector general, uh, claiming that it's not uh, the inspector general was appointed to monitor reconstruction, and Biden's people are claiming that it's not reconstruction, so therefore they don't have to answer to him. Right. So he's spending billions. To the group that we fought for 20 years. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if this report had come, if, if Donald Trump had won a second term in office and pulled out of Afghanistan, regardless of how he pulled out of Afghanistan, Trump said he would have done it differently. He probably would have done it at least somewhat differently. I don't know that the result wouldn't have, would have been different, though. Uh, it may have taken longer for the Taliban to take over, but I think any withdrawal of American support basically was the death knell yeah. for the, the allied government in, in Kabul, um, had this report come out while Trump was president in a, in a Trump second term, do you think that the New York Times would have failed to connect dots between you know, <laughs> Afghanistan exporting jihad all over again and the American withdrawal from Afghanistan? No, no, not at all. Well, in the negotiations in Qatar, uh, well, I forget his name now, but... Um, uh, Trump's negotiator. Uh, the The deal was that the U.S. troops would all be out by, I think it was April 20th in uh, 21. And the Taliban agreed that they would stop terrorism and that they would not allow terrorist groups to set up camp like Al-Qaeda did in Afghanistan. But of course, I don't think anybody believed that that would happen, and they didn't stop terrorism. So, I mean, it's 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 typical when we get involved in these places with arguably good intentions, uh, and then we drift along and our mission creep, and it just gets ruined. Yeah. Uh, so, do you know how many times they mentioned Joe Biden in that? In that New York Times article? No, don't tell me. Zero? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Jeez, oh, Zero geez. mentions. 
Oh, you can just you can look at it through here and see. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I mean, this is this is a consequence of of the decision to pull out, and it's not like it was some unforeseen consequence everybody was saying if you pull out you're going to end up having afghanistan being a a state um a a, a failed state or a a state sponsor of terrorism and guess what (laughs) all those all those angry young men decided that they didn't want to be bureaucrats they'd prefer to go do jihad someplace else and they're going to be all leaving the country to do that stuff um and then biden does another deal with uh with iran uh, freeing up another billion dollar plus of their their frozen assets yeah and uh i you know there's something about iran that fascinates the only common linchpin between biden and obama is that obama did the same thing with a, a phony deal with iran over the nuclear deal and now Biden, as soon as he came in, he lifted some sanctions, you know, as a sign of goodwill, which never pays off. Obama tried the same thing with Putin. Um, And the only common point I can see is Valerie Jarrett, who was born in Iran. And um, uh, she still has a lot of influence in Washington. Yeah. yeah. Adam Baldwin, by the way, is convinced that Valerie Jarrett is running the running the Biden administration on behalf of Barack Obama. Yeah. My only defense to that, my only rebuttal is, yeah, if that were true, Biden would be more confident. (laughs) I think it might might run smoother. I mean, I wouldn't like the policies anymore. Probably, I probably like them just as, you know, I dislike them just as much as I do now, but at least the execution would be confident. You have to wonder because it's so obvious that Biden can't run, can't win, can't be a second term. You have to wonder what secret so far arrangements are underway to prop him up as long as they need him, which is, well, I think, I think now, six, 67 weeks. Let, let me ask yeah. you this. You've seen Weekend at Bernie's, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's working for him. They're not getting called on it. Uh, he does these pratfalls, verbal and physical, all the time. And everybody, go, oh, they just ignore it. They just let it go. Like Biden, when you ask him about, when you have a chance and you ask him about these suspicious activity reports by his own Justice Department, he says it didn't happen and walks away. And everybody goes, well, well he said it didn't happen. I don't think anybody believes it, but they just let him get away with it. And, you know, if you're president, I, there's a there's a drug that comes with playing hail to the chief. And you begin to think if you're not that strong intellectually, you begin to think that you really are kind of a special chief. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. You know, when you see uh, Jonathan Silverman and Andy McCarthy, not not. NRO's Andy McCarthy, but the actor Andy McCarthy, um, being appointed to key positions in the White House, then you know that weekend at Bernie's is 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 the yeah yeah fully underway at that point. Um, yeah, but it's gotten it's gotten beyond funny. 
You know, I mean, it's yeah, no, I yeah, it, it really it's sad. It's uh, no, I it wasn't criticism of you, but it it's scary. You, you you look at this, it's like the worst part of the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. You think how yeah. can how can everybody miss this? And what are the adversaries planning for the next what is it seventy six or sixty seven weeks? I forget. Uh, left in Biden's term of weakness. Uh, well, then they're going to add another four years to that, right? So that's another, uh, what, 200, 208 weeks? Yeah, 208 more weeks. Yeah, I, I, he can't. I mean, he can't. He can't be president until 2029. And just, that brings us to your VIP column, right? Because we got to talk about your VIP column. Once a symbol of political wisdom, age like Biden's is now a sign of weakness. And I'm not even necessarily sure that 80-year-olds were considered the Amanon Screes of, um, of politics. No, no but we've always, yeah, we've always liked to have grandpas for president. Uh, now, Eisenhower was uh, 62. Um, but here's, here, and this is one of the points I make in the column. You have Eisenhower come in, who was in both world wars, was the Supreme Allied Commander in World War II. Uh, and he gets into office. He turns down France, who appealed, would you come in and help us uh, in Indochina fight the communists? He turns them down. He turns down Britain and France uh, when they wanted the U.S. to participate in taking over Egypt and the, and the Suez Canal. Uh, and uh, Vietnam was, you know, Vietnam. Four months. Now he was sixty in his sixties, and John Kennedy came in, was the youngest president ever elected. Not the youngest president, but the youngest president ever elected. He forty-three. He comes in. He was in World War II as a junior officer, and four months in, he starts our nightmare in Vietnam. Yeah, I mean. It's not a direct correlation, youth versus age, but sure as heck, uh, Eisenhower knew a lot more about it than than John Kennedy did, and would have seen what well I did see when he turned down going into Vietnam to help the French stay. Right. Uh, it, it's um, so. Well, I think too. The, I mean, the other part of that too is I think that in his heart, Eisenhower was sort of an anti-imperialist, uh, and yeah. was not fond of the idea of the um allied powers retaining their colonies at the end of yeah, world war right. ii right. um yeah and so he saw that as really a folly um and and wisely avoided it he, you're right which, you they, which they were yeah right exactly and so kennedy started by sending in american advisors to help south vietnamese against the communists and the american advisors were unarmed yeah and, and then when they armed them they couldn't shoot back. Uh, the, when you when you look at these things in the development stage, and you, when you look at Afghanistan, you know that was supposed to be a revenge mission, and then it ended up being twenty years of attempted talk about folly, nation building, uh, to justify having gone in in the first place. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, when we got out of Vietnam, it was terrible, but um, at least we were out. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, we've had younger, wiser people. We've had older, wiser people too. I mean, Reagan was yeah. very wise. He oh, was absolutely. At the time, the oldest president to be first elected to the office. Um, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter was younger than him. Walter Mondale was famously younger than him. Neither one of whom I would describe as wise. Although I would say that they were pro both probably decent people. I, I don't think either one of them was particularly wise. And um, and all of them had uh, military experience until Clinton. Yes. And then George W. Bush is the last president to um, have, have, have any, any military. Yeah. 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 So Ron DeSantis, one of the things that Ron DeSantis probably should talk more about, but doesn't, um, he lets other people bring it up. But, you know, he's, I think the only person in the entire field in 2024 who has, you know, who has done a tour of combat duty as a member of the military. Right. Uh, Nikki, Nikki Haley's husband has and, and is now. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, in the army. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, of course, Hunter, Hunter was in the Navy. Rods. <laughs> Until they found out about cocaine. Yeah. Uh, so, so he gets in special because, you know, he knew three years old. <laughs> he knew a guy. He knew a guy. He, he knew a big guy. He, he knew, knew a big, big guy. guy. Yeah, he, he, knew, he knew a big guy and he gets in. And the Navy, bless their heart, canned him anyway, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, I don't know why we bother, Ed. The world is doomed. Sorry. <laughs> well, we bother because it's, it's our job, but you should it's read our job. You should read <laughs> Andrew's column about this. You should also, um, Check out his Malcolm on the right now. I haven't seen this yet because I'm I'm in protest. Over oh, uh, this is a this is a summer one. This is I'm solving I'm solving a very important debate uh, concerning ketchup. You don't like ketchup, huh? I don't. I don't. I don't. Except, I actually am not a big fan except, of ketchup either. Except except on hash. Hash with hash, ketchup is good. You but, know what? I don't generally like it either. It's too sweet for me. Yeah, but I do yeah. like it on meatloaf. Depending on the meatloaf, because my wife makes really great meatloaf. Yes, yes, that's right, right. But I do, I do put it on other people's meatloaf. When I was traveling as a national correspondent, uh, I found that there were strange things done to hamburgers once you got west of the uh, Mississippi River, and when you got to California, I went. I was in Needles, California, and there was I was hungry, and there was a there was a roadside stand. And I went up and I ordered a hot dog and he gave it to me and it had mayonnaise on it. Mayonnaise on the hot dog. I, I said, well, I didn't ask for mayonnaise on that. He said, he said, well, you didn't say don't use it. And I said, I didn't say don't put dog shit on it either. And you didn't, <laughs> you didn't do it. Oh, I, I couldn't believe it mayonnaise and and that turned out to be a california thing yeah i, I, gotta, I gotta tell you i i actually i i actually do like um 
mayonnaise on hot dogs. And I'm a California boy, right? Yeah, I like mayonnaise awesome. on everything. Mayonnaise is my favorite condiment, hands well, down. Mayonnaise. I like. I'm I'm hot. I'm up for Chicago dogs, which have everything, but never mind the relish and the ketchup for me. But uh, you know, tomatoes and onions and and uh, some kind of seasoning and cheese pickles. I mean, I, I'm all for that. But mayonnaise, mayonnaise. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I like that. my French fries and mayonnaise too, and it grosses everybody out when I'm. When well, I you do know it. what? You know what grosses my wife out is mustard with my French fries. Really, mustard? Yeah, That's yeah. I get. I think I was told. I don't know this. I was told this is an Ohio thing. You know, I have mustard on the side, and you dip your French fries in the mustard while you're eating them. So, everybody, you know, there's all these regional cuisines, which just makes it makes it fun. I once. Oh, talk about a boondoggle. I was on a long uh, road trip for the New York Times, and I did a whole bunch of stories. But one of the stories was I kept the diary of the search for the perfect cheeseburger. Oh, my God. That was an excuse to eat cheeseburgers every other day. It was wonderful. And then all I had to do was take notes. It was, it was wonderful. And the favorite one was at a restaurant uh, in um, right by the Missouri River. Anyway, in um, South Dakota, and uh, I said, and and when you can you can wash it down with a slice of their homemade butterscotch pie. <laughs> I don't know if you can wash anything down with pie, but if you can, that's the place to do it. That's, that's the place to do it. Um, yeah, you know the the, the mayonnaise versus mustard thing. Um, I think my mom caught me putting mayonnaise on a bun and this is recently right just recently who raised you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I, I i don't know what to tell you mom uh you know a do, you know, do you know where mayonnaise comes from it from the most excellent places in the earth man it comes from hellman's <laughs> the back side of a chicken that's where it comes from <laughs> So do scrambled eggs. I like those too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, you got to go check out Malcolm on the right uh, to find out why Andrew Malcolm hates America and ketchup. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just ketchup. But that does bring us to the final issue, which is the jokes of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got, I got one anyway. Um. So these are all old. Seth Meyers said Kim Kardashian has signed a new deal for a coffee table book of her selfies called Selfish. You can find it on Amazon under, quote, customers who bought this also have never bought another book before. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got a couple for you. I got a couple okay. for you. This is from okay. laughgap.com. I, I always like to... To, to check out jokes of the day on different sites. This one's from laughgaff.com. Uh, I was starting my June job at the pharmacy this morning when a guy walked in. He says, I've got a blocked nose, a sore throat. My head feels like it's going to explode. Have you got anything? And I said, no, I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like those. I really do. I really, really do. All right. Here's another one. Same, same website. I returned a pet lizard I bought to the pet store because he wouldn't stop telling dad jokes. Dad jokes, dad jokes, dad jokes. I, I, I told the, I told the clerk. I said I can't take this. I, I want, I want a lizard that doesn't tell dad jokes. And he goes, that's not a lizard. That's a stand-up chameleon. 
<laughs> oh, that's a groaner. Oh, that's a groaner. Yeah, that's yeah. a groaner. That's all right. Uh, well, I, have one. I, have, I have one final one. Uh, Conan, he says, a new report says, that, <clears throat> excuse me, a new report says that due to the weak economy, more Americans are canceling their cable television. All I can say is, good luck trying to live without eight shows about cakes. <laughs> <laughs> 500 channels and there's nothing on. Um, all right. I got one. I got one last quick one for you. Okay. I looked at the definition of opaque in the dictionary. Wasn't very clear. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, no, that's not. No, I, I don't put that as a groaner. That's 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 that's, that's, that might be a rim, that's a rim shot one. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good one. All right. All right. Well, that's it for this week, folks. <sighs> The prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com, is about to leave the house. But Andrew Malcolm, you can follow him <laughs> at A.H. Malcolm on Twitter, not X, Twitter. That's at right. That's right. And of course, over at redstate.com, he's got uh, lots of great content over there. And uh, can't wait to do this again next week, sir. That's for sure. We'll see you then. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Edward. See you later. See you then. This is Ed Morrissey of hotair.com for Town Hall. Since when do law enforcement agencies run interference for the subject and target of a federal criminal probe? According to a new whistleblower, the FBI and the Secret Service did just that for Hunter Biden. A now-retired supervisory special agent told the House Oversight Committee that investigators plan to interview multiple witnesses at the same time to advance the probe into Hunter's tax and firearms violations. To avoid a potentially dangerous situation, the agent alerted a high-ranking FBI official to coordinate the arrival with Secret Service. Instead, the official alerted the Secret Service immediately, and the agents at the location refused access to Hunter. Tipped off, Hunter declined to contact investigators. It's a clear example of the two-tiered system of justice applied to the Bidens. Who else has FBI executives and the Secret Service running interference for targets of federal tax, firearms, and influence-peddling investigations? It all smells of obstruction and corruption. I'm Ed Morrissey.